Greetings all. We are so blessed that we could come together in this fashion. I have a message for you that uh, seems to, if I look at it, it seems to speak to our current uh, situations. And what is our response? How judicious should we be in a times like this? When all points to one ought to be angered by the things that are going around, the things that are being said, and how the wrong things have become right. And what is right is no more allowed to be spoken. But what does the church's attitude and responsibility at this time? Because if we go with the flow, then uh, we stand a good chance of losing what God has called us to. Dr. Sam Solon said it like this. If you are too scared to say, that which is likely to offend, then you have lost the right to speak the heart of the Father. Because the, when you speak on behalf of the kingdom of God, offenses will occur. It doesn't matter how you choose your words there will always be somebody to find offense in what you are saying. Now, if you offend it deliberately, of course, Peter said, if you suffer for the gospel, then you are doing well. But if you suffer for wrongdoing, then you should correct that. And I'm not yet to be offensive, but uh, if what I'm going to say does offend you, please look it up in scripture. And then if you need to be offended, then uh, it is your fight between you and God. Don't have to fight me. You know, you'll gain nothing by it. Absolutely nothing. I've decided that uh, being offended by somebody else's offense doesn't serve me. Doesn't serve the God that uh, called me into this. And so I'm just going to ask uh, the Lord to guide my thoughts today. Let us just pray. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would guide me, you would direct me. Father, that you would give me words to speak. Words, Heavenly Father, that, uh, yes, will intrude into every erroneous position that we have occupied. Places, Father God, that we have taken as gospel, but which is contrary to your word. Where, Father God, the things that you speak, we have allowed people's uh, thoughts to intrude into the truth and cause the truth to become of none effect. I repent, Father God, of things that I've said, even from this platform, that do not align with truth, align with reality, align with the audit of Scripture, that's supposed to bring us into alignment with the Word of God. Because it is in the Word of God that we find peace with God. It is not in uh, somebody coming to prophesy. It is us choosing to align ourselves with the truth. Because the truth needs no defending. It defends itself. And God is big enough to defend himself. That's why I say if you need to be offended, be offended with God. Have a chat with him. And I'm telling you the beauty of his fixing all crooked things 
it's just too marvelous for me to even try and explain to you. It's a thing that you have to um, find for yourself. And when you find it, you would know what I'm talking about. Amen. And so today I'm going to use uh, Psalms chapter 2, Psalms 121, and Proverbs chapter 8. I'm going to start with uh, Proverbs chapter 2, because I find that what the aftermath or the outshoot of coronavirus is that uh, leaders of the world have got no clue and no understanding how to plan for tomorrow. Because it has brought into sharp focus the bankruptcy of leaders. They have no understanding that uh, there is God who is in charge of everything. And he controls everything. Everything is in his hand. And uh, we have looked outside of that and we have thought that man can make things happen on his own. And I believe God has just simply stepped back and said, okay, now let me see you, how you're going to fix it. And very few have found that uh, they cannot function outside of God. And therefore, the return to God is getting more and more momentous. There are many that are finding their feet back on God again. They're beginning to realize that outside of God, that they can only do so much, and then the road ends. And they are finding that uh, to get back onto the saddle, they're going to have to go back to basics. They have to uh, go back to their Goshen, get closer to God, come closer to God. So it's the only way, guys. It's our only way that is going to work. It means your involvement. I might remind you again of Second uh, Chronicles chapter uh, 20, where God intervened on the prayer of Jehoshaphat. God intervened on his behalf. But God's instruction to, to Jehoshaphat and the army that he assembled was you need to go to the valley. He directed them even to which brook you need to stand. Be there, be ready to fight. And your fight, God said, it is not yours, it is my fight. But I want you to be there, simply because I want you to collect the spoils. In other words, I want to see the rewards of you placing your faith in me, trusting me again. We've, we've forgotten how to trust God because... Uh, we, we have come into wealth. Most people are sitting on wealth. And so God has become an inconvenience in their lives. They no more ask God for their daily bread because uh, if their money is financing all that. Money runs out very quickly. Very quickly. It's amazing how it happens. We can't trust that. We need to use it. We need it. But don't lay too much stock on your finances. Come back to God. Really have a good focus on... I'm not saying get paranoid. You know, I believe in the gospel of practicalities. That uh, you need to work. You need to get involved. But in your involvement, uh, don't let the pursuance of wealth, the pursuance of success get in the way of God. Let God remain the center of your focus while you do the things that you have to do on a daily basis. And so um, finding that we are currently in a position of Acts chapter 2. I'm sorry, on uh, Psalms uh, chapter 2. Let's just read. <clears throat> Verse 1, it says, Why do the heathens rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. But the promise is that he that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. 
I don't know how many of you know that there is a, a big discussion right now that goes by way of having proof that Jesus never existed. I'm oh, no, sorry, not that Jesus, they can, that they can now prove that Jesus was not God. He was not the son of God. They claim to have that. You know, well, when you have some newscasters that have become God, then anything they can prove to be true. But uh, don't fall for that stupidity because it will only lead you to pain. God is in charge. God is in control. But watch how the kings of the earth set themselves up and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands and cast away their cords from us. I find that it's quite classic at the moment. Everybody's trying to prove the church wrong. In fact, the voice of the church is being uh, silenced, not only just being muffled, but it's being, the drive is to silence the church, while at the same time they want to educate our children. It is understanding right now that they are those that are pushing for pedophilia to be legalized because it, they, they claim it is a, a preference of some people. Some people prefer to children that are between three months and six months, and then some then uh, go a little uh, higher, and uh, so it is just a, as a, a condition of the man at that time. So if he's caught with a child of three months, you know, you just need to understand that it's his condition. It's no more called that it is sin. It is inhumane to uh, be with a child of that age. I mean, logic to those that have the brain, but they want to legalize pedophilia. So you can see, where the church says that is sin, they say no, it is just a condition of a person who then the people, we all need to understand that, you know, that's just how they are. But the Bible says sin will always remain to be sin. But, uh, you know, don't want to bring you to a place where you think, oh my goodness, what is going on? You need to begin to start praying and saying, Lord, that this cannot go on. Lord, you are in charge of every situation. We now, we, uh, uh, I am saying this year to try and urge you into a holy anger where you're going to have to start throwing a tantrum if you have to and say, not on my watch, Lord, that uh, these things that are against you, against humanity, can be made to become a law that protects animals like this here. And so there are many things that I, I can't uh, uh, talk about right now. But uh, there are many sick things that are happening on the earth because <laughs> Psalms chapter 2 saying the leaders, the kings of the earth, they come together and plan against God's anointed and his servants saying, let us cast away their bands from us. Let us break away from them. You know, don't let the church speak about things that are wrong because then our conscience is getting, uh, is getting affected, it's getting pricked, and then uh, we begin to feel things are wrong, which in our minds we're saying it's right. And now the law wants to say, no, they're right. It's just that's how their chemical balances goes excuses all the time. And so, let us look then what our response ought to be when we hear of things like this here. How should we begin to pray? I'm going to back, go back again to Psalm chapter 2, verses 8 to 12. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 2. 
verses 8. The word says, Ask of me, and I shall give you the heathen for your inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. God is saying, you know, you have asked me for many things, but you haven't asked for those things even when you have all the blessings that I've bestowed upon you. But when a society gets more sick than it is, what would your wealth do for you when you have to live uh, uh, around uh, people that have uh, um, just the, the demented, that have no clear thought of uh, what needs to happen, how to uh, cherish your neighbor, how to pray for your neighbor. Yeah, they want to uh, uh, prey on you as uh, uh, taking possession from you. But God is saying, ask of me and I shall give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. He says, you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Sorry, he says, be wise now therefore, O you kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trem trembling. He says, kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish from your way when his wrath is kindled up, but, but a little, even just a little. <laughs> he says, bless are all they that put their trust in the Lord. And I thought, okay, Lord, how do I set myself up when I awaken in the morning? Because I am seeing things are just not seemingly going in the way that dignified human beings ought to go. You know, dignity does not lie with the rich. Dignity is how your upbringing comes to the fore. And uh, sometimes we have lost our dignity because we have thought only when I have money, I have nice clothes, then I would be dignified. But that's not where God has ordained us to be. We can't be dignified even if we don't have lots of money. I've seen many, many rich fools around. And I've seen very dignified poor people. And I don't for once advocate poverty because I come from there. And I would never wish that upon any person. Poverty does not put God on display as a loving Heavenly Father. And you might ask, why then are some people poor? And my understanding is that poverty is a thing that is acquired. It is how we have been brought up. When we have been brought up waiting on handouts, Poverty is crouching at a door. I exper experienced poverty from a very young age for a very long time. But my grandmother never treated me like I was poor. I didn't know actually I was poor. It is only in my supposed educated position that I found, hey, yeah, actually you guys were poor. And... Uh, but uh, I had an old lady that uh, in her poverty, she was not educated. She couldn't even write her name. But uh, she had dignity. And there were many things that she taught me. One of them was never be a beggar. And two was, even if it is your oldest clothes, they can still be clean. And of course, we could not even afford to buy shoes. And so I think my first pair of shoes was around uh, 12 or 14 that I remember having a pair of shoes. And that it was those uh, 
black butter shoes. You remember they had little nobikis by your ankles? <laughs> Maybe some of you all know. But of course, they're fashionable now. They call them what, strikers or something? Those booty things? Anyway, they're no more black now. They have uh, white trimmings around them. They've made them look snazzy. But that time there, it was the cheapest shoe you could get. But that was my first treasured shoe that uh, my grandmother bought for me. And so I keep looking to God because uh, she loved God. I know she used to pray late into the night. And uh, I don't know if she just waited for us to fall asleep, but uh, you would hear, not that it was always all the time, but there were times when you would hear her in prayer. And uh, I realized that uh, there were many things that, that uh, she taught me that I have adopted in my outlook and philosophy to life. That uh, hard work kills nobody. In fact, it makes you satisfied <clears throat> with what you have because you're not waiting for anybody to supply your needs. You look to God. And so what I felt from the Lord this week, you know, during the week, it was, uh, this is what came to me. It said, uh, your faith in God is not for you to go to heaven. Your faith in God must not be that one day I make it to heaven. But your faith in God must be, Lord, let me represent you properly upon the earth. If your faith in God is not to keep you away from sin, but your faith in God keeps you so in love with God that you shun sin. You don't pray, oh, well, you can, I'm not saying you don't, but you come to a place where <clears throat> you're no longer asking the Lord to keep you away from sin. You simply know when sin is approaching that that is against the will of God. And you simply stay away from it. I think we spend too much time fearing the things that have already been conquered in our salvation and when we came into salvation, there are things that God wants us to get into. And one of the things that I think the church is lacking, even they come to church, but they don't come to have an encounter with God. In our prayer time, we just send out, you know, while we're grabbing what we need to run with, we are just throwing a few words at you as if to appease God. He's not angry with you. He's your father. And if he's your father, all you want to hear from your father is how you love him and how he has provided for you. He's not like your earthly father, like mine who walked away from me when I was very little. And the, anyway, that's another story altogether. And so don't equate what your natural father does to Father God. Father God is a totally different kettle of fish altogether. He's a loving Heavenly Father. And he wants you to have a chat with him. Make time for him. Speak to him. You know, don't when it's only a shouting match time. You know, I think I've had a time when I thought I could shout with God, at God postulate how good uh, I was, how well I think I've done, and then how come, God, you haven't recognized my good deeds? And yet when God answered me on my tantrum, I live to regret even up to today that, Lord, how did I ever mistrust you that you had brought me so far, you had taught me to go so far, and I actually expected that you were going to drop me. And so it's a relationship with God. It's not for you to go to heaven, come into Christ. It is how to live and present him well upon the earth.
because your love for God breaks the cycle of sin. So there are things that we just don't repeat as we get used to God. It is not about praying about, oh God, I'm a sinner, I'm such a bad person. It's not going to help you. It is just God, I know I'm not where I should be. Would you help me today? And so my uh, uh, thought on uh, prayer, of course, is uh, um, as I, I, I wrote that, I began to say, and then what happens after that? And, uh, and I, I found uh, Proverbs uh, uh, chapter 8, where I wrote, uh, when I awaken, I seek the counsel of God. Let's just look at Proverbs chapter 8. I seek the counsel of God. Verse 1, it says, Does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? She stands in the top of high places by the way, in the places of the parts. She cries at the gates at the entry of the city, uh, at the coming in, at the doors. Crying to who? Verse 4. Is, uh, wisdom is crying out to, uh, to men, saying, O oh, men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men, saying, O oh, you simple, understand wisdom. Even you fools, be ye an understanding heart. Hear, for I speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. When I ask God for wisdom, Lord, my wisdom in the morning is, Lord, I know what I have to do. But above that, what is your plan for my life today? What would you have me to do? It's not that every day I get specific directions which way to go, because obviously, I have things that are, are standard that I need to do. But I open myself and say, Lord, use me to become a blessing to somebody. And half the time, I ask God not even to allow me to know the effects that I might have on somebody else. Because I don't want to be puffed up. I hear people boasting, you know, when I said this year, how the people started doing this and they fell down. I don't want that. I want God to have the glory. Honestly, I, uh, I'm too afraid to take the glory from God because I want more of God in my life. When there's more of God in my life, all these things, they happen naturally. And so I'm getting myself to that position that, Lord, even when I walk in the street, let your presence become a perfume, especially to those that are, are battling in a certain way. You know, they have issues, and we all have issues at this time. But uh, my prayer is always that in my presence, wherever I am, may your presence be. Because nobody needs to hear Henry speak. They need to hear God speaking deep into their spirit, man. That's a reality I want to see happening around my life. And so I ask for God for his wisdom to surround me. To, to be all over me. And, uh, you know, you can read the whole uh, uh, Pro uh, Proverbs chapter 8. You know, it's such a beautiful proverb. It says, verse 8, it says, All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing toward or perverse to them. They are all plain to him that understands and right to them that find knowledge. And then verse 10, it says, Receive my instruction and not silver. Receive knowledge rather than choice gold. Listen to this. It says, for wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared with wisdom. Wisdom dwells in prudence and finds out knowledge of witty inventions. Wisdom allows you to, be, to find witty inventions. You know, 
things that uh, no, you might think there's so many things that have been invented. What is there that one can invent? I promise you, when you find wisdom, you will know how to be inventive. You, wisdom cannot come to a person that is lazy, a person that just wants to lie there and say, well, come and feed me. Lie there, it means even spiritual lying there and waiting for the pastor to come and feed. Wisdom says, seek me early in the morning. I think it's, uh, is it uh, verse 17? It says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me. Yes, durable riches are and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Yes, than fine gold. And my revenue than choice silver. That is wisdom speaking. You can say that maybe in the perspective of the New Testament, it can be said that that is about the life of Jesus. That when you find Jesus, you find the totality of who you are, the totality of how your behavior ought to become a blessing to those around you. It, uh, 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 in Jesus, there is no competition. The only person that you are allowed to compete with is a person you were yesterday. Because today you need to become better than you were yesterday. It is about progression. It is about uh, seeing yourself uh, growing in the Lord. The things that were a hindrance to you yesterday, today they need to be your stepping stone. You need to rise up in God and begin to see yourself as being one that renders help rather than being a, a hopeless, helpless person. You know, some people you meet just dare to greet them and problems are pouring out of them. They never have a solution. Never have a solution. Once they finish emptying their garbage on you, they're ready to move on. And you think... Oh, Lord, they never ever had a conversation with you this morning. They didn't even bother to greet you this morning because surely you would have removed some of their burdens from them. Oh, God, help us to be an encouragement because you might think today your problems are insurmountable, but bring them and lay them at the foot of the cross. Say, Lord, I can no longer carry this. Would you help me find my way out of this? Because I need you at the center when things begin to occupy your day. As I said to you in the past, there's, uh, I, have, uh, I scantily listen to TV. Because when I listen to it, yo, I can get so angry with all the rubbish that is being strewn out of there. People doing for silly things. Silly things. I had a haircut today. Maybe you might see. And uh, Mari was cutting and she says, Ooh, your hair is dry. I said, oh, Be careful. I'll call the EFF for you. Say my hair is dry. I mean, they go and jump for things like that. Come on can't make politics out of that. But anyway, they make small issues. Why? Because they don't have a clue about tomorrow. They don't know how to build people, how to encourage people to become better than they were yesterday. You can't keep digging the past and hope to create a new tomorrow. I hear so many times people making excuses. Oh, well, we were, hey, man, we come from there. We experience all those things, but those things don't make us. It is what we do today. It's how we encourage one another to look forward, to take each other by the hand and say, if we dwell in the past, our tomorrow is going to be gone and our children are not going to enjoy anything. Let us build today. While it is rough out there, learn to build. One of my messages was, learn how to build in chaos. When things are not conducive for building, build. 
When I built my first house, I'm telling you, I was telling somebody today that the first day when they delivered bricks at my house, we got to work and we were told that the factory was shutting down. It was chaotic. There was no income. But you know what? I kept the builder there until my building was finished. We had no clue that the factory was going to close. I mean, we were working. Things were not as good, but jobs were coming in. Jobs were coming in. And so it took us all by surprise. So surprised that our employer said, okay, I know this has been a shocking day. You guys take the day off. Go and explain it to your families. Go and see how you're going to proceed from here. That was after working for the company for eight years. Suddenly, no papa. But in my time, that was chaotic. Thank God I had come to know Jesus four years hence. God sustained me. Even this morning, Marty and I were talking about it. Where did that money come from to build that house? We built cash. It was only when we came to the roof that we went to the bank and borrowed 30000 to finish the building. But we built cash with not having a steady job, but we were able to build. It was chaotic, but we never stopped and waited for a sunny day. We built. In a time of lack, we built. So you can't build your life. You can't build your life. You can do things. Hey, man, you say you serve the God of the impossible. Come on, then do it now. When things don't look like it, you go out there and say, Lord, I am going to stand upon your word. I will learn how to encourage myself. I am going to read Proverbs chapter 8 and really just get in into, into your word and ask wisdom to come and surround me, maybe in in a time of lack, in a time of chaos, I will find that witty invention because you said wisdom, your wisdom is better than silver, is better than gold. And so I am going to pursue that. I, while I pursue you, I know that things will come that will bless me and become a blessing to those around me. It is finding yourself in the time of chaos. You need to learn how to find yourself in the time of chaos. And so in that time of asking for wisdom and uh, you get up in the morning, you have prayed for wisdom. And the next one that I looked at was uh, Psalm, 100 and, uh, uh, Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Of course, you know it. It says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord, which has made the heavens and the earth. And men, I claim my rightful place. I look up unto... It's not looking at... Hey, man, I sit, I stay there at the bottom of Empathy. I don't look up at Empathy and say, well, that's... What. No, but it's a figurative word that I look up to the mountains. It says, I look up. My help doesn't come from the top of the mountains. It looks, it comes from God who created the heavens and the earth in, in, in any case. He will, he will not suffer your foot to, to be moved. In other words, he will not allow your, 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 your detectors to pull you out of the way. He will give you protection because verse 4 says, Behold, he that keeps Israel does not slumber, nor does he sleep. And so my father is constantly at my lookout. Not that he's waiting there to watch out. Hey, is Henry doing well? No, 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 no. It is a word that I have cultured into my system. It is that word that uh, takes care of me in that time when I don't know what to do, which way to move, when everything seems to be dark around you. I cry out to God, God, help me at this hour. Would you just make a way even when there seems to be no way your word says you will make a way and so God I wait upon you no I don't come that time when I'm in desperation I have uh, 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 um, 
uh, a relationship with him. I continuously, God, I thank you for today. Even for the meal that I have, I thank God. Like, I mean, even if we're having bread and butter, which is most often, I thank God for it like it is a five-star meal because to me it is. God provides. We have been through some skirmishes, but I've seen the hand of God. I've seen the hand of God. I simply encourage you, get to God. Get to God. When I have figured out that uh, my help comes from him. It says, uh, verse 6, it says that the sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth. And forevermore. We can't read the scriptures like that for today. I read a scripture like that to lay my day forward before God. And so as Jesus walked on the water, it wasn't water per se that Peter walked on. He walked on faith that he placed. If Jesus called me, Faith will sustain me. Even uh, 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 on uh, water that is not solid, but my faith is solid. Even if things are unstable underneath me, but when my faith is in the right place, uh, I shall walk upon the water. It is uh, praying a prayer of faith. Not as I said, uh, not a prayer when you're running already. It is a prayer of faith that is dedicated to my Father. When I'm ready to commit my day, that my day is going to work to perfection. I tell you what, I have prayed many prayers that I expect my day to be perfect. But I am telling you, all the, uh, the, the works of doctors, uh, it looks like they will just descend upon your day. Hmm. Boy, I have had them in these past three weeks. I've had those days when everything seems to deny God. But man, at the end of the day, I get to do all that I put out to do. And some days I even do more. Why? Because I have already charted my course. I have placed my faith ahead of me. And so all I am simply doing, I am walking on that faith that my day will be blessed and that I will be a blessing around those that I must encounter. Sometimes it's this, at times that you think it is your time of struggle. When you get out there, you go to town, you meet somebody that that struggle pushed you to that place. Otherwise, you would not have gone to that place to meet with that person and simply just your smile gives them hope for tomorrow. I don't know how God works. All I know is that God works and it can only work when we have faith. Can we place our faith in God, not on things, not on people around us? Because when I am done charting my course, then I can truly say, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For I know that in heaven, perfection dwells. And so I call perfection from the heaven, is from the heart of the Father, and say, Lord, let perfection now walk before me. It is not about how I'm complaining to God, how I'm crying and blaming this one and blaming that one, because then I give that one that I'm complaining about power over me. No, I choose to place God over those uh, 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 things and circumstances or whatever. 
you know, that reason will say, well, they are responsible for where you are. But my faith in God says uh, the problem that was supposed to happen to me has now turned uh, to work out for my good because the problems that came against me has now pushed me closer to God. And when I am under the shadow of the Almighty, I am being made perfect. I get sharpened by those things that were meant to be my destruction. Never allow passing things to shape your destiny. Your destiny is made perfect in Christ Jesus. Let us come under his covering because the blood of Jesus was shed on Calvary's cross to remove all those things. His body was broken for you and I. It was broken, it was broken, not for anything else, but to be a final sacrifice that we do not have to kill cows, bulls, and goats to appease the dead. Jesus has already died and he paid the price and he was a perfect sacrifice. Never lose your position in Christ. Don't try and help God. Don't try and help God. Faith is made perfect in adversities. You will never know how to trust God except you've been through some skirmishes. I met a man today before we came here. And uh, he was asking me, has the church opened? By the way, I believe we're opening the church on the 4th of uh, October. I believe we are going, I'm looking closely at that date. I do believe that we are going to open. I think it's time that we open. I know some of you are going to battle to break the cycle of lying in late, listening to messages in your bed. It's time to come and praise God. And I would that our first day in church would be loaded with prayer, would be loaded with worship. You know, not singing songs, but worship. Whether we choose to do it in song or in prayer, it must be worship to God. And so this man is uh, asking me about the church and all that, and I explained to him where we stand. And he said to me, you know, Pastor, I can testify of the goodness of God. He says in July, I was supposed to have been dead. He began to explain how his car went out of control just on a straight road, it just simply went out of control. He says the amazing things, he carries a bunch of keys. He says, I've kept those keys. He says, all those keys were broken, but not limb, not one limb on his body was broken. The car is in pieces. Not one bone was broken. He says, I can attest of the goodness of God. He's a believer. And I know in that adversity, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. He knows the glory of God filled his own temple. I wish we could become real with God and not get caught up in religion. Religion says, pay your dues and walk on. Relationship says, when I come to my father's house, it is a time of celebration. It is time to be with my brothers, with my sisters. It's time we exchange ideas to discover even the witty inventions and begin to go for God, go for God and learn how to pray and say, Lord, give me the nations. Give me the nations. I think that should become our theme song. Lord, give us the nations. Give us the nations, Lord.
because with, you know, we, we can no longer go on with this gospel of selfishness. We have to say, Lord, give us the nations. Give us the nations. The nations are your neighbors. Cry to God for them. Amen? Well, until the next time, we are going to stop there. But before we close off the session, we are going to have communion. And I dearly hope that you've got your cup with you, you've got your bread with you, and let us celebrate the reality that his body was broken, that the blood was shed. These are very significant um, it's emblems, we call them. But they speak of far greater things than just eating and drinking. Far greater things. It is a sacrifice that was a ritual to the Jew. But Jesus came. That's why he said, I did not come to break the law. I simply came to fulfill the law. What was sacrificed for their forgiveness of sins, I now embody all that. But for that to become a reality upon the earth, his body had to be bashed. That blood could flow out at the bottom of the... And yes, all alongside the road to the crucifixion, his blood was dripping. And in that, healing took place upon the earth. And so that's why the Lord says, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. He's in charge. God is not, hasn't reneged on his responsibility. He's just allowed men to see the futility of their plans outside of God. Because all systems of Babylon will fail, have to fail. You can go and read it up in Isaiah 45. God is deep into history. Right there. Right there. Isaiah 45 is so impactful today as we see things unfolding around us. But anyway, let's partake of the Lord's table. And the Lord richly bless you as you eat and drink this communion which is a covenant with a God who called you by name. Amen.